Mark chapter number 5 and verse number 1, the Bible says, And they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadareans. And when uh, he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. But uh, when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshiped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was uh, nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. Verse number 14 says, And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the, in the country. And they went out to see what it was that was done. And when they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with a devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, they were afraid, and they, saw, and they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil, and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coasts, and when he was come into the ship, he, had, uh, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit, he, howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends, and Tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him and all men did marvel. Let's go to God in prayer tonight. Our Father, we come to you again tonight in Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you for the reading of the word of God. Thank you, Lord, for this privilege to be together, uh, Lord, in the house of God tonight. I pray now that you'd use the message uh, Lord, to help us and to convict us. Lord, I pray that you would uh, draw us as believers unto the Lord and our great responsibility that you've left us with. And then, God, maybe there's somebody or maybe several here tonight who are unsaved, unconverted. And, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to their soul and, God, show them where they stand with Almighty God. And I pray that you'd do a work in them of salvation that only you are able to do. And God, for what you accomplish in this service, we'll thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, in the scripture, we've read a familiar, uh, a familiar uh, story of a man uh, that was a wicked man. Uh, the Bible tells us in verse number two that, uh, that when Jesus was come out of the ship, there was 
Uh, there immediately met him a man out of the tombs uh, that had an unclean spirit and who had his dwelling among tombs. And so the man that we're introduced to in our text as Jesus has been out on the, uh, on the sea and he's been toiling all uh, well, the, uh, the, uh, the sea was uh, raging and Jesus calmed the storm. Jesus calmed the storm and after they come off of that uh, sea with his disciples, Jesus is immediately met with this man. And this is not a, uh, this is not the kind of man that you want living in your town or your city, but this is a man that is crazy. He is filled with the devil and uh, uncleanness and the Bible uh, the Bible declares to us tonight that, uh, that this was a man that had an unclean spirit and uh, this man was, uh, was, uh, was, according to our Bible, he was a wicked man, an ungodly man, an unclean man. And uh, tonight, not only was he wicked, uh, full of the devil, uh, but also he was wild. Verse number three, uh, the Bible said this, who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because he had been often bound with fetters and chains and uh, chains, uh, the chains and uh, fetters had uh, broken them in pieces and neither could any man tame him. And so this man was uh, not only full of devils, but he's running around in, in the cemetery, in the graveyard, and they've tried to bind him up. They've tried to chain him and hold him back and restrain him uh, from running around in his wickedness and a demon possession, and yet even though that they would bind him with chains and, and restrain him. He would just in the uh, power of the devil, I guess, would overcome those chains and break them and uh, no man could tame him. It, no, uh, no religion could cure him. No uh, man could fix his, uh, fix his issues that he had. Uh, but tonight, I'm glad that there came a man from the sea uh, that Jesus, amen, Jesus, and he could fix this man's issues. Uh, so he was wicked, he was wild, and he was wayward. Think about this, verse number five. Always, day and night, he was in the mountains, in the tombs, uh, crying and cutting himself with stone. Uh, this man, uh, no doubt we'll find later in the text, had a home. He had a place that he called home, a place that uh, a people that, that he called family, uh, people that loved him, and no doubt uh, at one time, at one time, he showed them that he loved them, uh, but now he's wayward. He's not with his family. He's not at home where he ought to be, uh, but because of his condition, and he is a wicked man, now he's away from his home, away from his family, everybody that cares about his soul and cares about who he is, and now he's the crazy man out in the tombs. Uh, he's wayward, away from where he ought to be. I don't know if... I don't know if he has children. I don't know where he stands in, a, in the society uh, before all of this came in his life. Uh, but I know this man has left everything that he loved and knew uh, back home and now he is uh, living a life of evil and uh, wickedness out in the tombs. Uh, tonight what he's, uh, what he's doing is running around in the graveyard and the Bible said that in verse number five uh, that day and night he was in the mountains in the tombs uh, crying uh, so he's out there verbally uh, making a ruckus, making a noise in the graveyard. I don't know about y'all but I'm not going to visit uh, my loved ones in the graveyard. Amen. When this man's up there, he's making a, he's making a ruckus and causing a lot of uh, causing a lot of confusion, and then tonight he's cutting himself with stones. And tonight, any time in the Word of God, or any time that you see in society, uh, you see. 
Uh, somebody harming their self. Uh, that's not from God. That is of the devil. Amen. Uh, this man's full of wickedness and ungodliness. He's cutting himself. He is uh, self-inflicting harm upon his body. And that's not from the Lord. Amen. Uh, that's from the devil. And this man is in sad shape, isn't he? Matter of fact, if you was to look in your life, and uh, if I was to look in my life, would have to say, uh, Maybe we weren't, maybe uh, we weren't in the graveyard. Uh, Maybe we weren't cutting ourselves, uh, but tonight... Uh, we were in the same shape that this man was in, uh, wild and living in our way, doing our thing, away from everything that we ought to be in, amen. Uh, as a wicked sinner, away from God, uh, had that same uh, evil seed in this man that we had, amen. Uh, we were, uh, not only we were sinners because of what we had done, uh, we were sinners because of who we were, amen. As a wicked and undefiled, uh, wicked and unclean, a sinner, you and I, uh, we're living our life by our own standard, by our own way. Oh, but thank God there came a day in my life in the fall of 2007 uh, when I met a man who could change everything uh, that I was, everything uh, that I had done. Hallelujah. I'm glad for a man named Jesus who came to me and saw my condition and chose to do something about it. Amen. Thank God tonight we see this man's conversion. Verse number six, the Bible said, but when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshiped him. Amen. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Amen. And this man was wicked, unclean, and full of the devil, and he still knew Jesus enough that he ought to bow down and worship. Amen. And shame on us tonight who have God in us, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, amen. And we've got our names in heaven and God saved us, delivered us from our sin and done so much for us and we sit around quiet, amen. Uh, God help, we ought not to go through one day uh, without considering our Lord and our Savior, amen, and bowing our head in worship and honoring our Lord, amen. Uh, this man I bowed down full of the devil and those devils are uh, recognizing the Lordship of Jesus Amen. And they're bowing before the Savior. And then verse number, uh, verse number seven, he cried with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with thee, Jesus? Thou son of the most high God, I adjure thee that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, what is thy name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we're many. That word Legion, it uh, it refers to a about three. Uh, it was what the Roman uh, the Roman soldiers a group of them that would be about three to six thousand would be a legion, and these uh, you talk about. I don't want to come across somebody that's filled with one devil but somebody that's got thousands of devils in them and at least 2,000 of uh, swine. Uh, these devils were cast out and they go into these uh, swine and run down and choke in the sea. Uh, but this man, is uh, he was full of wickedness and he went to Christ and he humbled himself, amen. In verse number six, he humbles himself before the Lord. And then in verse number eight, Christ takes the uncleanness out of him, amen. Uh, God takes that which was wicked in him and removes that from him. And thank God saves this man and changes his life for t- 
uh, for time and eternity. And I'm glad that when God saves somebody, he, there's some evidence that can be seen. Amen. Uh, he's not the man anymore uh, that's running around in the graveyard crying and uh, cutting himself with stones and uh, making a big uh, mess out of his life. Uh, but thank God, verse number 15 says that, uh, that he was sitting and clothed and in his in his right mind, amen. Aren't you glad that God makes a change in a person when he saves them, amen. He doesn't leave us like he found us, amen. I thank God if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away and behold, all things are become new and God changed this man. He changed me too, amen. And thank God the gospel of Jesus Christ is enough to change any sinner, hallelujah. We see his conversion. But then look at verse number 19, and this is where I want to take the thought from tonight. This man gets saved, and all of a sudden he wants to start hanging around Jesus. Amen. Verse number 18, I'll read. And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him and all men did marvel. Now we see tonight that God miraculously and gloriously saves this sinner. And this sinner says, Lord, as you're departing, I want to go with you. I want to be with you. And, and the Lord tells this new convert. Now, I don't think this man knew very much, uh, very much scripture. He hadn't had much time to be trained uh, and discipled, but this man, just a new convert, somebody that God has saved, the Lord gives him a heavy task. He said this, he said, I want you to go, I want you to go home to your friends and tell them. Tonight, I want to preach on this subject on winning your friends to God. Now, God has no doubt used unlikely people throughout history to spread the word of God. He's not always used people that was polished and, uh, you know, looked like me and you, and uh, I hope they didn't look like me, amen? Uh, they'd be in sad shape, but, uh, you know, God's not always used people, uh, you know, that, that you and I would use if we had to pick. God has throughout history, he's used people that are unlikely and uh, somebody that maybe, uh, maybe wouldn't be first choice, but he's used them to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's a prime example. I mean, this man has a reputation. The whole town knows who he is. Uh, they maybe knew who he was and then how that his life had been destroyed uh, by wickedness and ungodliness and by the devil and, uh, and, uh, and yet God saved him and now God is going to use that same individual to make a difference in his town. And tonight, how is it that God told him to win his friends to God. Here's what he says in verse number 19. He's, Jesus tells this man, he says, go home to thy friends. How is it that, now I like, a, I like something uh, that's practical. I, 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 I appreciate doctrine. I appreciate the word of God telling me what I ought to do. 
But aren't you glad when the Lord not only tells us what we ought to do, but how we can do it? Amen. And it gives us some instruction, some training on how we can get it done. And so verse number 19, he says, Go home to thy friend. Uh, The first thing, how can you win your friends to God? You have to first go to them. You have to go to them. Uh, He says this, he says, go home to your friends. Amen. This is this individual's mission field. Uh, This is this uh, new convert's area that God is calling him to. And uh, he doesn't say, well, send them, uh, you know, send them a letter and let them know what I've done for you. He doesn't say, well, uh, send word back and let them know what I've done for you. Oh, no, Jesus says, I want you to personally, as an individual, I want you to go to where they are. Amen. Uh, Tonight, our gospel requires some movement, doesn't it? It requires somebody uh, to be saved, born again, and then called of God to go. Uh, to where the sinners are, hallelujah. Ain't you glad uh, that God chooses uh, to use people like you and people like me uh, to do something great for God. Uh, This man is just just a sinner saved by grace. Oh, but God took his life and is doing something big with it, hallelujah. And the Bible says that he is to go to them. Matthew chapter number 28 Uh, Matthew chapter 28, verse number 19, the Bible says, Go ye, therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. Mark chapter 16, verse number 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Luke 14, verse 23. And the Lord said unto the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. You know what God has tasked every believer with? Going, amen. And you and I have a responsibility as a as a sinner saved by grace, uh, to go uh, to somebody. How is it that uh, your friends, now uh, you may have some people that uh, in, are in your life that I would never be able to come in contact with. I may never ever be able to shake their hand. I may never be able to hand them a gospel track. Oh, but God has put you in their life. God has put you in their path. Uh, God has allowed you to be born into their family. God's allowed you to become their friend. God's allowed you to work beside of them. Amen. And so God has tasked you with the responsibility of going to where they are. Amen. To go to them. And then what else does the Lord tell him to do? He says to go tell them. Go to where they are and then go tell them something. Here's what the Lord tells them to say. In verse number 19, Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but said unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee. Has God ever done anything for you? Amen. Has God saved you? Has God worked a miracle of salvation in your life? Are you born again? Hey, tonight, if God has done that for you, what are we supposed to do with it? Supposed to tell it. Amen. 
We're supposed to let somebody know what God's done in our life. Hey, most of the people that we're close to at some point in our life, now thank God uh, for the testimony of being raised in the house of God and never uh, having the filth of the world a part of your life and never being uh, never being astray, never being wayward. Uh, but no doubt tonight, every one of us has a story to tell. And our family and our friends like this man, uh, they knew who we was, amen. And now they can see the difference God's made in us and if they can see the difference God made in you uh, then they can know God can do the same thing for them oh tell them what God has done in your life amen you don't have to be a Bible scholar to witness amen uh, you don't have to be somebody uh, that knows every uh, verse, you know, that points somebody in their soul to cry uh, tonight. But what you can do is tell them what God has done for you in your testimony. Amen. And so this man is to go to them. He's supposed to tell them with his lips. The Bible says he departed and began. And by the way, everything the Lord told this man to do, he did. Everything that God did through this man's life was because he was obedient to a command. And tonight, disobedience may have resulted in, uh, in his entire family never hearing the gospel, never hearing of the man Jesus. Uh, but tonight, this man was obedient to the command. And by the way, when, when Jesus gives commands, he doesn't leave options with them. Amen. The only option is obedience or rejection. And tonight, obedience is what was found in this man's life. And so Jesus tells him what to do in verse 19. But in verse number 20, we find obedience to those commands. He says in verse number 20, uh, and he departed and began to publish. He began to proclaim, to announce, to let everybody in town know what Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. You say, well, I don't know what they're going to do when I give my testimony to them. I don't know what they're going to do when I witness. You know what they did when this man began to witness? They stood back in awe at who he used to be and now what God had changed him to be. Amen. And they began to marvel. And so uh, he told with his lips, he began to tell his story to them, began to publish it. Not only did he tell with his lips, he told with his life. He backed it up, amen. Uh, verse number 15 tells us about his life. He says, and they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with a devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. Never before uh, this man met the Lord Jesus would he be found uh, sitting and clothed and in his right mind. Never before he met the Lord uh, would he be walking around town uh, sane and sober and have clarity of thought enough to be able to talk to somebody and tell them, Oh, that Jesus had changed his life. Oh, but thank God now there's a, a testimony with his words, but also a testimony with his walk. Amen. Uh, don't tell somebody where you go to church uh, if you live like the devil. Amen. Uh, don't tell somebody that you're a Christian and then live like the world. Amen. Uh, thank God a testimony ought to be backed up with a lifestyle uh, that testifies of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God has called us out of that old life. Why would we want to live in it? Amen. Amen. Tonight he told with his lips, he told with his life. Then he also told with love. Here's what Jesus told him to do in verse number 19. He said, go home and 
to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. The same compassion that Jesus had on him now was in him and he's displaying it to others. Amen. He loved them enough to go to them. Those people that are in your life and those people that are in my life, we say we love their soul. But do our actions back that up? Do our words, we say that we, I say that I love those sinners in my family, but how much do I pray for them? When's the last time that I talked to them about their soul? Tonight there was a town in these verses that did not want the Lord Jesus Christ whatsoever. Look at verse number 15. The Bible says, And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil, had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And they that saw it told how it befell him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. Listen to verse 17. And they began to pray him, depart out of their coasts. This town was completely rejecting the Lord. They said, we don't want him here. We've heard what he does. He has cast out these devils and uh, they've gone into the swine and uh, we don't understand all of this, but we know we don't want anything to do with Jesus Christ. And what you find in these verses is an entire town that has rejected the Lord. I wonder if that's where America is going. Tonight, turn over to, I'm, I'm getting close to being done. Turn to Luke chapter number eight. Luke chapter number eight. And verse number 38. The Bible says in Luke chapter eight, verse number 38. Now the man out of whom the devils were departed besought him that he might be with him, but Jesus sent him away saying, return to thine own house and show how great things God hath done unto thee. And he went his way and published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done to him. And so now verse number 40, the Bible says, and it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him for they were all waiting for him. So you know what God did in saving this one wicked man? God saved him, God called him, and God gave him a mission field right in his hometown. And this town had entirely rejected the Lord Jesus. They said, we don't want anything to do with him. I send him away. But because God in his wisdom and in his divine mercy called one man to salvation, called one man to go and tell the gospel of the Lord Jesus, now this entire town, they're not saying we don't want the Lord Jesus. But the Bible tells us in Luke 8 that when he comes back, they received him. And the Bible says they were waiting on him. And this one man with one message went to one mission field and turned the world upside down. I don't know how many of them got born again. I don't know how many in this town got saved, but I know this, that when he came back, they wasn't pushing 
I'm pushing the Lord away. Uh, they were saying, come in, we want you here. Hallelujah, thank God. Uh, the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, can turn an entire city toward Christ, amen. Don't doubt what Jesus can do with your testimony. Don't doubt what he can do when you tell them on the, uh, uh, on the job or at school about Jesus, amen. Yeah, our towns are wicked, yeah, our country's going down into, uh, into wickedness more and more day by day. But don't you know our gospels, uh, the gospel of Jesus is more powerful than what's going on in this world? Amen. It's more powerful than any stronghold of sin in those sinners' life. Amen. Ain't you glad tonight that we have a, uh, that we have a promise in the word of God uh, that if we would be faithful, uh, to do our part in fulfilling the commission that Jesus would do his. Amen. It's not my responsibility to make sure everybody gets saved. It's my responsibility to preach the gospel. Amen. And to be obedient to his command. And tonight God has a great job for all of us to do uh, that's bigger than what we can accomplish. Oh, but thank God if one man, one lady uh, would yield to the will of God, the Lord can do something like this. Amen. As we come and get ready for an invitation tonight, I wonder, do you have a burden to win your family? Do you have a burden to win those in your life that are unsaved? Do you have a, tonight when, when, uh, when the preacher mentions, uh, you know, does somebody have some, someone in their family that's lost? That first person that comes to your mind. Have you sat down with them and told them what God's done for you? When's the last time that you shed tears over somebody that's going to hell? Our altars are drying up, aren't they? Where's our broken heart and our contrite spirit that God said he wouldn't despise over sinners? You say, well, the town's too big and there's too many people. I can't... I can't I, I can't reach them. Well, this man was able to, by the grace of God, to reach his town. And I wonder if God may be wanting us to do the same.